Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Buchanan's a dipstick. He's coming after you. Come on to the rock show. Come on to the people's show. Come on to the premiere show. Smackdown. It's the 11th of May, the year of our Lord 2000. Oxide neutrinos bound for the bound bound for the reload. In brackets, theme from casualty. <laughs> I think we milked that gag last time, didn't we? We well and truly milked it. <laughs> like Nathan Jones at an airport, it is well and truly milked. That gag now has very dry dugs. <laughs> Oxide Neutrino's only number one hit, they would give up the music business to hunt for Crash Bandicoot afterwards. <laughs> Kevin and Perry Go Large is still number one in the UK box office. I'm as amazed as you are. Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six, the very first one. It's been released for home video game consoles. It's so weird. You can tell it's an old release because Tom Clancy's name is still in the games. And on the 9th of May, Durham University won the 99-2000 series of University Challenge, beating Oriel College, Oxford, 325-135. I don't know what Oriel College is, but I'd like to point out that the dirty Northeast people <laughs> beat the Oxford Rowan lads. Go on! Go on, the dirty yeah. Oxford. Yeah. <laughs> and last week, we had a very weird watch-along about WWF Insurrection 2000. In brackets, London Bridge isn't the only thing falling down. <laughs> I I, you couldn't have got a more dated reference if you said, it's not just London Pudding Lane that's on fire tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Ding dong. It's not just the witch who is dead. <laughs> it's not just Peter Pan flying out the window. What? <laughs> what? What reference is that? All these references and more can be uh-huh. yours if you go back a week and listen to this exciting watch along. <laughs> Where some of it I remembered... And some of it I didn't because my Twitter feed has been replying to you posting it. And it's all been like skimmed milk, lads. <laughs> I'm delighted. That means I'm so happy with how many people legitimately listen to the very end of the podcast. I often yeah. find that people would probably listen to the first 30 minutes, then probably trail off. But there were so many that make it to the end. And thank you. There'll be another code word at the end, by the way. Yes. And thanks all the people who let us know that they do enjoy the watch-alongs rather than these Smackdown ones with a bit more bite-sized, a bit more concise. Some people like the silly buggery 
that we get up to on these watch-alongs, which is just as well because there wasn't a lot bloody else to talk about in the wrestling, was there, Tom? <laughs> Not really, mate, no. Oh, I've ruined the intro. But something, <laughs> something, normal thing, blah, wrestling. <laughs> Cultaholic Smackdown Classic Review. Mafu and Tom. Or as it says on my clean feed, Momf Momf <laughs> and Tom Campbell. So the running joke is every week I set up the clean feed for Matthew and I to record. And I have to, and every, so it asks you to come up with the name of the other person on the call. And it's just too easy to put Matthew. So I've put like Moffew, Miffy, Muffy. And this week, I, this, the name Mumph Mumph made me laugh. So I'm hoping that it sticks. <laughs> Mumph Mumph. This is a happy distraction from the world. Um, but on the day of recording, we are waiting for an announcement on lockdown two in the northeast lockdown harder or as you call it math lockdown two electric boogaloo <laughs> it is a happy distraction today to go back to the year 2000 and watch some wrestling from from a year gone by how are you though math are you good uh all things considering yes tom i am doing good because i am focusing on the negatives of my life and also realising that there's things I can change about myself and there's things that are completely out of my power. Uh, regarding lockdown and COVID, there's not much I can do than what I'm already doing by wearing my mask, keeping the distance, and not hanging out with dirty wrestling... No, sorry. Um, and anything like that. Everything else I, I, I can't cope with, I can't deal with. Uh, it would be like me worrying about the weather all yeah. the time. Uh, you just have to prepare for what is out there and dress accordingly, and act accordingly. So as long as I remember that uh, I am only one person and there's plenty of stuff for me to get along with, I'll be all right, Tom. What about yourself? Deep, mate, deep. I'm... Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's good, it's good. Now, I'm, I'm really good, I'm really good. I had, uh, let's see, our time recording away from sort of the, the things that you cannot control, the things I can control. Um, I, got, I got a telling off from Kit Kat this week. Yes, I noticed. <laughs> Speaking I like of it. viral sensations, here's Tom on Twitter. <laughs> I like it when things spiral out of control like that. I uh, I, I bit into a Kit Kat on, on a Cultaholic News video and uh, Kit Kat tweeted me saying, we're not mad, we're just disappointed. <laughs> uh, Tom. <laughs> Which is the worst no, no, thing. No, 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 no. Blackheart Campbell. <laughs> you're, oh, you're not telling the story exactly right now, are you? Mate, all I did I was... I bit into a Kit All Kat. I did was Tom, bite a Kit Kat, mate. would you explain to people how you bit into this Kit Kat? The same way everyone bites into a Kit Kat. <laughs> okay, pretend I'm an alien who's just landed. How Hello. do people eat Kit Kat? Ah! What are you doing here? What are you? Yeah. What's that goo coming out of your head? What? Is that even a head? I don't know. <laughs> I, oh, by the way, I know this. I know we've just met, but let me explain the law of a Kit Kat to you. <laughs> yeah, tell me how. Tell me how you eat a Kit Kat, or I'll blow your head off my laser gun. Incidentally, I do like like that is when people say, "Pretend I'm an alien and describe it to me." Your first reaction will always be, "Oh, oh God, an alien!" Um, okay, so as opposed to eating the fingers of a Kit Kat, there are four Kit Kat, four fingers melded together by chocolatey goodness, and the the unwritten law, the you know the the, the guidelines that are etched in stone somewhere say that you're meant to snap each of the fingers off and eat them one by one. Like I don't know where I wasn't invited to this meeting when we discussed how to eat a Kit Kat, but be that as it may, I decided just to test, just to do a little, just a little dipstick test of the planet, 
and I just bit into a Kit Kat, as it were, a and other chocolate bar. And wow, like I only had the one death threat. So that's good. But a lot of angry people, a lot of angry people, angry with the way I ate Kit Kat. And you know what? Judging by your tone, young Matthew, I, young month, month, I, <laughs> <laughs> judging by your tone, young month, month, I get the vibe that you're in the same place. I just like how incredulous you are. Like, <laughs> well, some people, for some reason, I mean, this is unwritten rule. Every single TV advert featuring Kit Kat sees someone snapping it and having one finger. And I just bid across all of them. <laughs> like, I mean, to be fair, I just appreciate the effort you put into this, Tom. It's very good seeing a master, <laughs> master craftsman at work. And I'm one of these people as well. If there's any of those roll-up strip things, I, uh, there's some cheese variants you can get those uh, Vimto's sugar rolls and those, uh, what they call the bear, the fruit bear, thing, whatever. I can tell I love them so much. I can't remember the name. Uh, Gummy bears. To roll them out. No, no. Um, Roll-ups? Like, well, do you know what we're talking about? These little... Yeah, sure. These um, sugar or cheese... There's are two different snacks, by the way. Sugar that and cheese. Come rolled up. Come rolled up. And the idea is you unroll them and you eat them. Fruit roll-ups? Yes, fruit roll-ups. There we go. <laughs> Is there a cheese that version of a fruit roll-up? Is there a cheese version of a fruit roll-up? Oh, wow. No, not, not a fruit roll-up, a completely different confection. <laughs> Please don't think that. There's all the fruits. There's strawberry, there's blackberry. There's cheese. Cheddar. <laughs> cheese is a type of fruit. <laughs> all right, that'll be the next thing we get tweeted on. I'm excited for that bit. I, I, if, you, if you eat food in a weird way, I'd like to hear from you. Yeah, but that's my thing. Anyway, I'll, I'll, I, I digress. You are supposed to unroll them and eat them. Like, mm. nom, 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 the gradual. Like, I don't know, a ball of yarn un- unrolling. I tend to just chomp right through them. Big old crunch. Like it's a, a fruit cheese sandwich. <laughs> See, that's good. I like that. That sounds like a sensible way to eat. Just like a normal, just like a second normal standard bite, ngang, straight through. Crack mm. on with your day. A simple yeah. way to eat. Uh, film myself doing it and at the people who make the confectionery going, <laughs> what are you going to do, sucker? <laughs> What's, um, I'm trying to think of food that is, that is unnecessarily complicated to eat. Do you remember back in the day? Back in the mm. day. You used to get a, a thing called a plowman's lunch, which mm. came in a bag. And it was like, a, it was a couple of crackers. It was some cheese. It was, um, I think, a, I think a, a grape or a tiny onion. And yeah, the, it was an arse on. It, it was a chew on, wasn't it? Just to put all this together. And they attempted to make it cool using Dairyly Lunchables, which is Ooh. building. And it's just the, you know, when you sat at home in the comfort of your own filth, you can quite happily just pile like a, a Dairyly Lunchable, like 20 biscuits high and feel like you're achieving rather than sitting in your own filth. Um, but when you're out on the town, you know, maybe at a discotheque or a library, it's very difficult to build a Lunchable. This is true. And I'm going to do a quick story, even though we're several minutes into what is Mate, they all wait. This is a free. Retro Smackdown. Right. I'll make it brief because sometimes I can Take go your time. On. Take it as long as you like. I'm like Tolkien talking about trees. This is free uh, unless you downloaded it via your WAP. <laughs> my WAP? Your WAP. Not, not the Cardi B WAP. I mean, <laughs> I mean the, the, the WAP that we used to use to download ringtones with in the past. <laughs> that's, that's a WAP. Right. <laughs> I let Tom really get the characters, <laughs> Mr. 2000. Darude Sandstorm on my phone, using WAP, using WAP. Felix the cat on my WAP. 
<laughs> Anywho. Give us your story. My quick story. It was Jakara's tour uh, 2015, I think, or 2014. And they went to Cardiff. And this was on a Sunday. And it's the only time I've been to Cardiff. So I'm not really able to give a proper assessment of the area. Because when I went there on a Sunday, it appeared to be shut. And the only thing that was open was this nice little Welsh restaurant. And I went in and I ordered a ploughman's lunch. Now, nice. there's two things. Earlier that day, I had gotten ungodly high with a member of the Chikara roster, who won't be named. <laughs> I didn't realise how high I was until, one, I ordered Plowman's lunch. Two, it came to me in pieces, like Ikea furniture, and I had to ask, is this a Welsh thing? <laughs> Do you all have to, like, make the rest of the, the meal when it comes to you? And he explained, no, it's a Plowman's lunch. It's, it's fairly common. I went, uh, I must be posh then. You are a posh boy. And then three, after constructing the consumable, I then went and tried to pay for it a second time because I was that confused. And this poor Welshman had to go, "Um, you have already paid for it. And I asked him, are you sure? (laughs) And that is all I know about Cardiff. (laughs) Can you end at least three stories today with, and that's all I know about Cardiff? Needless to say... (laughs) I took drugs. <laughs> Needless to say, I had the last laugh in Canada, the Bret Hart story. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Needless to say, that that plowman's lunch had no effect on my mental stability at the time. <laughs> it was like throwing a pebble in the ocean. <laughs> but you know what? That's all good. I heard the weird word there, wrestling, Maybe in that story what? I just told. Tom. Yes, mate. Should we talk about the wrestling? Yeah, uh, you know what? I'm not really. I don't get. I've not got the uh, the verisimilitude yet of the year 2000. If only there was a bit of paper written in crayon, <laughs> typed up by a monkey, <laughs> that told us what was happening backstage. Oh well, I guess we'll just have to suck it through it. Huh? <laughs> I will give you the latitude and the longitude to give you the verisimilitude, uh, and it goes a little bit as follows. So oh, we'll nice. we'll start with uh, a bill to clean up wrestling. Right, this is. Uh, on, the, on the talking point, the, the touched point of the Wrestling Observer newsletter for this week in the year of our Lord 2000, uh, Dave Meltzer writes, The bill in New York, written by State Senator Tom Libus, Libus in Binghamton, which will require state-mandated drug testing of all pro wrestlers that work in New York, if it passes, would without question wind up in some form or fashion completely changing pro wrestling as we know it. The fine for failing the drug test would be hefty but affordable by WWF and WCW if problems are rare, but the loss of talent as well as dollars would add up swiftly. If WWF chooses to dodge the drug testing of wrestlers, they would have to move out of New York to do so. And if WWF pulls out of New York, it leaves a state wide open for a company that wants to run a clean ship to have a monopoly in the state that grosses more money by far for wrestling than any other place. They leave behind their exclusivity to run Madison Square Garden as well. Tens of millions of dollars in revenue annually go through there. Uh, WWF officials as well as officials in the local USWF are scheduled to meet this week or next with representatives of the office to offer inputs at this stage of the game. So how this, what this all breaks down as is that there is a bill coming in or at least trying to come in to make drug testing mandatory for professional wrestlers. And uh, this, mm. could, this could change the business. Math, your thoughts? Well, it didn't happen. 
Yeah, but it's very interesting that people are going, hey, maybe they should do drug testing. Maybe the results should be public. Uh, but as you said, the, if the WF tries to dodge this, uh, maybe by play, pressing R1 at the right time, <laughs> it should be all right. I'm very curious as to what happened with that in the end. Well, we'll keep an eye on this as we go through our timeline. But uh, one to, uh, to to remember as we get underway here today. Uh, meanwhile, away from drug testing, WCW just put on a pay-per-view. Slamboree was held on the 7th of May at the Kemper Arena in Kansas City. Oh. Meltzer says combined a strong combining a strong work rate up and down the show, along with good booking, this made it the company's best pay-per-view show since the 1999 Spring Stampede. 7,000 plus with $139,000 at the gate. It was a money loser, uh, but it felt like a step in the right direction. Kind of, sort of. What do you, are your memories of WCW Slamboree? Yeah, I sometimes get that confused with Spring Stampede, which was the one that had the new build millionaires club tournament stuff for the vacant titles. This is the one afterwards. Yeah. I remember this being pretty all right by the standards. You have to remember how rotten WCW had gotten. Yeah, it almost rhymes <laughs> at this point on pay-per-view. And even with, uh, Chris Candido versus the artist formerly known as Prince Iakea. God, he was bad. <laughs> uh, on the show, uh, Sean Stajak versus Kurt Henning. So he could become perfect. Sean, I mean, I, I like a good pun name. Perfection. Perfection. Uh, Hugh Morris. Did you get it? It's Hugh Morris. Wait. Oh, no, he was General Rection at this point. Yeah, he just turned himself into a huge reaction. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, no, there was a sense of momentum. The sense of things going places, because there was some repackaging. Uh, Flair and Luger's total package. Mike Awesome had just come in. Can you get in a push? Scott Steiner was finally being... The, getting a mega push, he thought he just, just looking at him. Vampiro was doing stuff for Sting. Uh, Hulk Hogan was fuming with Billy Kidman, but they can't all be winners. And more importantly, this is the one with the triple decker super cage, DDP defeating Jarrett and David Arquette, which we watched during the 12. What was the pun? Uh, the 12 Duds of Christmas. 12 sir. Duds of Christmas, that's right. And again, I don't think we remembered it being that bad because at least they were working very hard. They were definitely working harder rather than smarter, but it definitely wasn't that bad. Uh, but it did end with David Arquette hitting DDP with the guitar and Shivani yelling, it's the ultimate swerve. <laughs> Still my favorite lines. Yeah, it was, an, it was, look, there's lots of reasons to crap on WCW. I mean, we were still doing it decades later, but this was actually, you know, a step in the right direction. But don't worry, give it a few weeks, there'll be 12 steps in the wrong direction to make up for it. <laughs> on, the, on the outside, on paper, like it, it even it looks like there's momentum. And like you say, we are one uh, to, to laugh at WCW at this time. Look at the silliness they're doing. But if you look at this card, like up and down the card, and we're seeing, right, for better or for worse, sort of Chris Candido in the mix. We're seeing a young guy beating Kurt Hennig. Regardless of you know, all that, Mike Awesome playing a strong part in it. We're seeing Luger and Bagwell. Uh, so Bagwell getting a push there. We're seeing Hogan and Billy Kidman, uh, Sting and Vampiro, Douglas and Flair. We're seeing a mix. This is this feels like a fresh card for some of the stuff that we've seen over the years. Uh, the the one moment that came from this that caused some upset was 
uh, the closing moments following Jeff Jarrett becoming the WCW heavyweight champion once again, following the David Arquette screw job at the end, uh, we would see Chris Canyon attempting to save Diamond Dallas Page, but falling foul of Mike Awesome, who would throw him from the second tier of this triple cage structure in a moment that felt all too familiar and all too close to, in time-wise, the, the untimely death of Owen Hart. So it was in the same arena where Owen Hart fell to his death, and it was in the same arena less than a year later where we had an angle where Mike Awesome essentially threw Canyon off the roof of the building. Well, lots of people have said this over the years. I've got to be honest, without those people saying this, I've never put those two things together. And I'm aware it's in the arena, and it's a, a year later, or maybe less than a year later, but... Mike Awesome dubbing Chris Canyon onto a obviously gimmicked part of the ramp that then imploded, to be pointed out, mm-hmm. and the big crash mat is clearly visible underneath. It was just par for the course for crazy bumps in 2000. I've never thought, my God, that's just like how, how Owen, uh, whatever his name was, how Owen Hart went. It's happened to say, yes, purely coincidental time and everything else like that. But I, honestly, I don't, I've never thought, I can't believe they do that in the same arena. Mm. I would think it would be much worse if they did Sting coming down on that that harness or anything else like that. But this, I mean, nah. Sorry. No, no, no don't if be you sorry. Disagree, that's absolutely fine. Uh, and, you know, they would be concerned about these type of things and this little notes to detail because they did have Flair versus Douglas on this show. <laughs> You know, Shane Douglas, who had built up this feud in his head for the past eight years. Flair is dead. Screw you, Dick Flair. I'm going to get you. Including around this time, I believe there was a report that he was betting just because this match was finally happening on pay-per-view in 2000 in WCW, that this would be the reason that the buy rate would be through the roof. And he was willing to bet his annual paycheck that they were going to hit the best one of the year. I don't think he did. For the love of God, I hope he didn't, because um, they didn't. But this shows the, the mindset of Shane Douglas, bless him. And I defend Shane, but he really, in his head, and all the people around him were like, this is it, the, the mega match. The thing we've all been waiting for. It's like, no, we weren't. No one was waiting for this in 2000. No one cared. Literally, it's the biggest match. It's, according to Shane Douglas, eight out of 10 Shane Douglases say this is the biggest match in wrestling history. Yeah. Like you see any of those TV shows where it's like, ah, finally we meet me and you, my nemesis. And the other guy goes, sorry, who are you? <laughs> it is, isn't it? That's exactly what this is like. Like Ric Flair. <laughs> Ric Flair is Ted Turner and Shane Douglas is Vincent Mann. <laughs> ah, we're, we're feuding. Uh, are we? Vincent Mann is We're Ted exactly Turner. the same. Our two empires. <laughs> what? I, I beg your pardon. It's Ted Turner versus Timmy Turner, essentially. <laughs> yes. So anyway, that's a fun uh, slumbery. What else have you got for us, Tom? Um, only just a, a couple of notes on the WWF. Uh, there is a working relationship still work can still, still continuing with Texas Wrestling Academy, which is where Shawn Michaels works, despite the the sort of back and forth issues that Shawn Michaels and the WWF are having. There is still a working relationship between um, the Federation and Sean's Academy because S.A. Rios, D'Lo Brown and Bob Holly have all been to San Antonio uh, and they've all been booked for future shows as well. 
And they're sending people back and forth every week and they're trying people out at WWF. So there's still a good relationship there, despite some of Shawn Michaels' strange behavior uh, as of late. Uh, also, uh, Monday Night Raw, we do get a little bit of a recap of Raw, but I wanted to mention this because there was there was discussion on ratings here that in hindsight oh, makes me chuckle. Oh, we love those. I know, I know. But it's the fact that, to quote Meltzer, I won't go too deep into the numbers. Meltzer says, Raw without The Rock and with a lackluster show, fell from its near record levels of the previous week. Uh, and there was some concern that Raw was doing a 6.23. Compared to now, wow. where like, oh my God, a 6.23, there would be champagne everywhere <laughs> for a 6.23. But in two, and it shows you the, the state of the business and, and how big business is right now, is that a 6.23 is a, is a failing. That's a bad, that's a bad number. That's a bad time for WWF. And it was a lack of the rock. And you know what? You really felt it on that episode of Raw. Well, I hope we don't feel... Wait, is that the last bit of the news? That is the last bit of the news, sir. Well, I hope we don't feel it in this episode of SmackDown. (laughs) Spoiler, we do, because The Rock's not here either. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Mate, we can take you to about Kit Kat for 10 minutes, but there's (laughs) near Rock and Smack... Oh, that's it. Click. (laughs) Done, mate. Not bothered. And I think you're right there, Tom, about the effect on Raw, because as we head straight to SmackDown, there's no recap. (laughs) It's all witty wee witty woo a lot, lot of witty wee and not much witty woo. Exactly. And even worse, we're in New Haven, Connecticut. <laughs> what the hell is that? We're in the back garden. Who's back garden? Vince's back garden. Can I have our ball back? <laughs> He's only gone there to collect his ball. Anyway, the show starts with the Dudley boys heading down to the ring and we're informed Gerald Briscoe put Bubba Dudley through a table on Raw. Yes, he still got it. Michael Cole explains how embarrassing that was as real American starts blaring out. As prompting Lord remark, speaking of embarrassing, Jill Briscoe points us to the replay on the Ovaltron. Briscoe insists it was all single-handed. He did it by himself, and Cole, the bleeding obvious, says, well, I don't think it was single-handed, Gerald Briscoe. I think you had help from the entire... <laughs> Gerald explains he's a fighter for women's rights, which is why he dislikes the duds, and he's here to introduce the return of Trish Stratus and TNA. This is a face turn for Gerald Briscoe, by looks of things. Uh, Shane McMahon shows up, and guess what? He's also a defender of women, including Stephanie, his sister, who happens to be a woman. <laughs> so to open SmackDown, we get TNA versus the Dudleys. As Cole points out, Shane's right to an extent. I mean, Jerry, is it you yelling about puppy chauvinistic? Lola says... No. The crowd then immediately chants for puppies. <laughs> it is definitely the year 2000. Oh, mate, it is, isn't it? Albert gets wrecked until he runs outside and Briscoe gets a cheap shot on the Duds. Tina get the advantage, but the Duds make a comeback and Trish gets sent off the apron and onto Gerald. They nail the 3D on Albert, but Shane pulls the referee out, allowing Tess to obtain all 120 sclitulas. I lied. He edited his name on the title screen. <laughs> and lands the top rope elbow to win the match. Immediately afterwards, the Big Show runs out to get Shane McMahon for breaking his heart last week. <laughs> Test saves him so Shane can run away, but Test takes a showstopper after winning a match. Vintage Test. <laughs> Lots of stuff happening here, Tom. Yeah, a lot of spinning plates. A lot of spinning plates. Shane McMahon and Gerald Briscoe become nefarious heels by standing up for women. 
It's quite Boo. an interesting observation Boo. at this point. And we, we have had some um, some big show uh, storyline progression somewhere between last SmackDown, Insurrection, and Raw on Monday night. We had a face and a heel turn for the big sh- heel and a face turn for the big show. <laughs> Because on Monday Night Raw, Shane McMahon like fired up the Big Show, saying, "Oh, come on, you've got it in you." And then Big Show was a nasty for a night. And then we overheard Shane on the phone going, "Ah, oh, well, I've tricked Big Show. He's a fat slob." La 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 la. And then Big Show was the face again. So we've in in between the last SmackDown and this one, we've had a phantom heel turn for the Big Show. He's turning heel and face so quickly. I'm surprised he hasn't walked into himself. <laughs> He'll cross himself. You must not bump into yourself when you're going back to the heelness. <laughs> Big Show turned on Big Show tonight. <laughs> That's going to happen one day. He's um, his, he caught, got the mic and says, "I don't even know what's happening anymore." <laughs> but it was a hey, look, not a bad, uh, not a bad start to the show. Just like a lot of nonsense in there, a lot of shenanigans. Gerald Briscoe being the savior of women. The other stooge would play a more <laughs> pivotal role. Oh, we'll get to him. Come on. Oh, we'll talk about but Pat in a bit. Never mind that though. <laughs> I don't know if you did any research for the next bit, but I sure as hell did. The high energy smack of the night, brought to you by Metacut from Metaform, showing Triple H working out his glutes. <laughs> hmm, what the hell is Metaform? A quick Google says, uh, well, here we go. An old forum post from uh, around this time. A couple of months ago, Triple H was in a Metaform Metacut commercial. I noticed WF doesn't run them anymore. Probably because of the controversy surrounding the dangerous substance in the supplement, F, I'm hoping I'm getting this right, ephedrine. Ephedrine is very dangerous and has caused strokes, heart palpitations, heart attacks, and even psychotic episodes in thousands of young people. Uh, and there's some, some more information about it. Uh, Stacker 2 also contains the dangerous drug. Why do we have ring them is beyond me. My only guess is because one of their guys is a spokesperson for it. Uh, yes, dietary supplements containing ephedrine are illegal in the United States, uh, banned by the FDA in 2004. I am very surprised that this has been left in on the WWE Network, considering, like, they had to get in that metaphor. Like, well, they paid us. <laughs> but perhaps they still ago. have residuals that they're still paying off. So Plates has still got this residual heart? Mm. <laughs> anyway, yes, so here's an illegal advert on a WWE Network. Uh, don't try metaphor. And if you must do, at least try it on something... Like the British Bulldog, who's probably used to these type of things. <laughs> it just, it just, it just bounces off him. I think if you try metaphor on him. Yes. Anyway, this illegal steroid substance presents Triple H being the guest referee for Chris Benoit and Chris Jericho. Oh boy, what a happy episode <laughs> this is. Uh, Triple H, the guest ref, ignores the walls of Jericho on Benoit to chat to his wife Stephanie. He's just come down to see how Triple H is doing. He's like, "I'm all right. How are you doing? That's nah, all right. You know, I'm thinking of getting the live action Mulan." Oh, cool. It's free on Disney Plus, isn't it? No, it's not. That's a common misconception. You have to pay for Disney Plus, then pay for the extra Mulan. That's crazy, but I've already paid to see it at the cinemas. I guess, yes, but the cinemas aren't open right now. Because, well, you could just wait for them to open. And all this is happening when Benoit's in the walls of Jericho. So Jericho comes to try and interrupt, and uh, Triple H is like, nah, sort off. And somehow Jericho ends up losing the match to Benoit. Oh, shit, now. And, and, and whilst he's in there, Jericho is thinking, huh, Mula cost Mula. Right. Anyway, never mind the illegal drug promotion. Here's the Godfather smoking weed with his whores. <laughs> Actually, just very briefly mentioned, Chris Jericho, in the absence of The Rock, had a very busy night 
on Monday Night Raw. I believe he defended his Intercontinental Championship three times on Monday Night Raw because, again, it's that the, the, the absence of The Rock leaves not just a hole, but a friggin' chasm on Monday Night Raw because you've built this guy as the... And he, he, he's such a big part of the show when he's not there. It's like, oh, well, we've got Jericho and we've got the, the Dudleys and, and Jericho and Rikishi and the Big Show and Jericho. Let's just let's just send, keep sending Jericho out. Keep <laughs> sending Jericho. Great for Jericho to get a spotlight like this and to be in the mix with the man Helmsley regime in this way. Um, and losing the belt without losing the belt gives a reason for them to, to clash again. Yeah, and having all these little stories going on means that when somebody like The Rock needs to take time off, they can just insert Jericho into the mix and have these things going on. Still got that Phantom title change, the Hebner stuff going on. It's all right from a storyline perspective. Uh, it just sucks for that ratings. Oh, God, 6.3. Oh, no. No wonder they're taking illegal steroid adverts. Uh, anyway, Benoit's music interrupts the Godfather, trying to get the kids to cheer for the whores. Uh, Benoit also cares a lot about women's rights. I just find it funny that you call them whores. Oh, sorry, sorry. Hose. Hose is far more palatable. Bruce Pritchard talked about that. One of those uh, things that's come up later on in the year when the PTC really get involved and says like, oh, you know, they have these prostitutes and they're like, how, how dare you? How, how very dare you? <laughs> prostitutes. That's disgusting. Well, what would you do? Those are hoes. They're hoes. <laughs> prostitute, that's disgusting. <laughs> they're hoes. <laughs> they have sex for money, but they're not prostitutes. They're, they're hoes. If they're they're hoes. Makes it far more palatable to call them hoes. In the same way that it's far more pal palatable to call alcoholics the unquenchables. It's, yeah. it's an easier way to say it without sounding sleazy. Ephedrine doesn't give you heart palpitations. It's fun. <laughs> It's fun. Hmm. So Benoit defends his icy title against the Godfather. Uh, they missed the boat, really. I was thinking about this during the match, on having the commentators wonder, hey, how did the Godfather get an icy title match? He hasn't, he hasn't earned it, has he? He's lost a bunch of matches. Dino Brown hit him with a frog splash. And they cut to Jack Tunney backstage, surrounded by hoes, saying, you know what? I feel the Godfather deserves an icy title shot. Furthermore, which one of you is going <laughs> to ride this pony? <laughs> Let me flip this two-sided coin to see who wins this. <laughs> anyway, Godfather misses a pump splash and gets cross-faced. Interesting styles collide in here. Um, almost symbolic of what was good in 99 getting just ripped apart by what was going to be popular in 2000. And then Michael Cole gets in the ring to interview Benoit, also in the ring. He brings up the fact Jericho did not tap out or give up on Raw in the crossface. And Benoit admits, yeah, he didn't hear him say I quit, but he promised that he did. <laughs> Jack <thought it> was good. <laughs> Benoit wants to give Jericho a title shot at Judgment Day, but it'll be a submission match. And the pre-recorded fake cheers love that announcement. And we immediately go to break and we return. Jericho and Benoit are brawling in parking lot. And that's very brief. And apparently I was so enthused by that. And I said, the world premiere of the Run DMC DX video will be, be shown this week on MTV. Wow, who remembers music video premieres? Oh, they were a thing, weren't they? Can we just give some points to Michael Cole, who has yeah, so bowels... Yes, before we go on to MTV, what do you have to say about the segment? Uh, good, a good, good TV match. I, I, again, little clash of styles, I quite liked it. Um, Michael Cole with bowels two, two of steel. Two lady killers there. in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Cole with bowels of steel. 
going, I'm going to go and tell Chris Benoit that he didn't make Jericho tap out. I'm like, whoa, where did you get these battles from, lad? Stepping in there with Chris Benoit. I thought Benoit was going to crossface him. <laughs> I really, I thought that had been quite a, a powerful segment. If Tom, you... he served in wars. <laughs> I guess he has been to, to, uh, to worse scenes, hasn't he? I guess he's been to much worse scenes. Um, yeah, Sunday Night Heat. <laughs> yeah, that was just my thought. And Benoit Jericho submission match to Judgment Day. On paper, it looks good. On paper, it looks good. Yeah. Happy times. Yes. The McMahon-Helmsy regime head to the ring with Pat Patterson getting the mic and Lola dead panning. Oh, this will be good. <laughs> Pat returns the favour to Rikishi's stink face by giving one of his own on Raw, complete with brown stain on his tidy whities it's funny because he's old and has poo on his tights. Wow, who needs the rock, eh? In, in the absence of the rock, you had Pat Patterson showing his dirty yeah. grundies. They're almost the same. <laughs> uh, tonight, it's Triple H, X-Pac, and Road Dogg versus Too Cool and Rikishi in an, an elimination match. Shane McMahon gets the mic and does the first appearance of SmackDown of the, oh, I see you backstage, Big Show, going... Oh, which way did he go? Which way did he go? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Which way did he go? I don't know if that's from anything or Shane McMahon just made it yeah, up. Yeah, it's, um, it's from Looney Tunes. It's, uh, oh, it's, it? a, it's a Looney Tunes thing. It was... I'm trying to remember which one it was. Um, uh, from... Was it Lady and the Tramp or was it... I believe, oh, it might have been from Fox and the Hound. No, it was, it was, it was definitely... If it was Lady and the Tramp too, though, wouldn't you, Tom? Oh no! Oh yeah, I do love the I do love the straight to DVD yeah. Disney movies. They are the best. Trump harder. <laughs> Trump, Trump with a vengeance. Uh, yeah, I believe. Yeah, I think it was from a Looney Tunes cartoon. Oh okay. So that's that's the origin. Did you know that? Yeah. Which oh. way did he go? Which way did he go? If you know it, just send us a tweet. Yes, Tom thank Campbell. you. And make sure, yeah, make sure you don't like give any context to what it is. So the majority of stuff that we forget. Like, yeah, Matthew, I love that bit where you said this. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm glad you liked it. I remember it. Anyway, Shea Man makes this big show versus the Dudleys handicap tables match tonight. And Rock didn't show up on Raw. And Triple H, <laughs> Triple H thinks it's because Triple H is challenging him to an Ironman match at Judgment Day. Hey, did you hear his flimsy excuse of him going to Morocco to film some stupid movie <laughs> called the, the Mummy 2? Triple H thought The Rock could have been more original than that. <laughs> yeah, that was great. And Triple H then goes off on one about how much better he is than The Rock and how he'll prove it in this Iron Man match. Hell, he's even more electrifying than The Rock. And now he's just so much better than him and this is the way he'll prove it. He's not even here. And I thought, you know what? That's probably going to be the highlight of this segment. That was a good promo by Triple H. Good showing. Oh, he's not here. Aha, what a coward filming The Mummy 2. I'm Triple H. I'm this, I'm that, I'm everything. Not much is going to follow. And then out of nowhere, <laughs> the promo. I'm going to do this almost as it said online. Excellent. Uh, this is Vince, Vince McMahon. Oh, oh fine me, form. Me, 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 me. <clears throat> Vince McMahon waits the asshole chance to die out. And Vince explains that many people think Jericho having defended his title on Raw until he lost it. They thought that was unfair. Well, that's too bad. You're the type of people who wait in line like sheep. And then they see someone like me cut in front of them and say, Hey, wait a minute. That's not fair. And what about the parking lot? You patiently wait for a space until, oh, 
I come along and take it. And you go, hey, wait a minute. That's not fair. And what about when you objectively look into a big mirror and you women go, oh, what's this cellulite? When did I get so old looking? And you men, you never go to your mirror because you'll see the pot belly and small genitalia and go, hey, that's not fair. Look at the person sitting next to you. Look at them and compare yourself to the people around you and then look at the beautiful people in this ring. That's not fair. In brackets, the camera then cut two people in the crowd looking around each other. <laughs> and what about the money? You scrimp and you save and you still can't afford what you really want. And that's not fair. So many of you are born with inferior DNA, so you wallow in self-pity, and you have to face the fact that life is not fair. And some of you, a select few of you, might as well face up to the fact, <coughs> life sucks, and then you die. This was a mini-series of a promo <laughs> with Vince McMahon's operatic rant, one of the very best he ever did. And I remember vividly watching this when it happened and feeling this is just rambling. This is just going on and on. But as the heat rose and rose, I realised he was building and building to a crescendo. And as soon as he hits that life sucks, exclamation mark, and you realise behind him, X-Pac is looking on, looking very dazed, looking very worried about this whole New York drug testing policy coming in. And he gives a dazed, yeah, behind him. Like, the, the promo was so impactful, it sobered up X-Pac, live on SmackDown. <laughs> and I, I, one of the very best things I remember seeing as a kid and as an adult, still resonates to this day. Tom, what are your thoughts? Very similar in the sense that it was normally when the McMahon Helms' block out like 25 minutes, it, it's normally a drag. But there was, this was like, this was like a, a, a buffet at a disco because there were so many little things, some things that you liked. There, was, there were some horrible things like, oh, there's, oh, which, are you going to have anything from that plate? No, that's, that's Pat Patterson's dirty underwear. I don't want anything from that plate. Um, there's a six man tag on that plate there. Oh, that's, that's all right. That's all right there. Uh, oh, there's which way did he go? Which way did he go? Ah, that's, that's quite good. I, oh, that's, that's quite sweet. I like that. I like that. I like that. Oh, we've got an Iron Man match being announced for Judgment Day. Oh, I'll have a big bit of that. I'll have a big bit of that. Life sucks and then you die. Give me an entire plate of life sucks and then you die. <laughs> there was a line by Michael Cole that uh, <laughs> I, I thought was that was quite funny 20 years on when you consider who runs the company now as soon as vince dropped that line michael cole on commentary went yeah life does suck when you work for the wwf dot 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 and the mcmahon and helmsley's are running things <laughs> it's good isn't it it ages well yeah, it, it ages well like a fine wine it's a line like that that ages well life does Age, suck ages when like you work Mickey for the James. wwf <laughs> yes <laughs> So, uh, yeah, um, normally would be against that. I, I, do you know what? I don't need Patterson's Grundies. In, uh, that's the... Grundies? Grund I don't need the Grundies, to be honest. That's fantastic. Where does that come from? Um, I heard it on an Alan Partridge audiobook. <laughs> and I quite like the word Grundies, so I'm like keeping that. it. 
Um, I don't need Patterson's <laughs> Grundies. I don't. I don't need Patterson's Skidders. I mean, that's a oh. that's a one hit gag. The <laughs> kind of get it. Oh, it's that's a He's old. Guess which bit Vince wrote. Um, I, I'm okay. In, all, in amongst all of that, in amongst all of that, Triple H Rock Iron Man match for the Judgment Day. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, yes. That is exciting. First Iron Man match in the WWF since 1996. I yeah. want to say so. That's again. That feels big. Like four years since the last one, and the last one had Triple H's mate in it. Like so, this is a big deal. This is exciting. Bring on the Iron Man match. Absolutely, and I'm very glad that you gave. Us, uh, life sucks and then you die because I wrote down ask Tom to do an impression of it <laughs> life sucks and then you die great line great line you open the Kit Kat and bite the middle <laughs> he, he bit a Kit Kat and bit it through the middle that's not fair <laughs> <laughs> and then you get a cheese string or a roll up <laughs> Jesus. And then you don't roll it up. You just bite through it. And you go, hey, that's not fair. You play Diddy Kong Racing. Oh, Christ. <laughs> and, and you can't beat... You can't beat Raj on the racing flying level. That's not fair. Steph, he's talking about me again. <laughs> you oh, scrimp and you save... <laughs> To buy Doom Eternal for PlayStation 4. And you go, oh, goody, I'll just get the normal edition because I just like to play the game after a long, hard, boring day at work. And you think you'll play online on PS4 and suddenly a 12-year-old shoots you with the mega shotgun that he's paid extra money for because he's got DLC money because his grandma's left her birthday money and you realise life sucks. <laughs> you, sc- fact, you scrimp and you save for a Philips CDI because oh, you want to play Zelda Link the Faces of Evil and you get it and it's crap <laughs> because Nintendo weren't that bothered about it <laughs> and then and then you think you'll buy Wolfenstein 2 for <laughs> PS4 and you will not do any research on the game but you will see it is made by Bethesda and with music like by Mick Gordon so you will assume that it plays like Doom Eternal or at least the original Doom and in the first five minutes the game asks you to shoot your dog and you realise this it, is unfair does it really? yes <gasps> as far as I got in the game oh my god Oh, I can't tell Alex that. It'll I didn't realise it was a very kind of serious, like, aha, uh-huh, Nazis game. I thought it would be a bit, uh, whatever. See, I can't bring anyway. myself to, to scold the dog on Red Dead 2, let alone kill a dog in a Bethesda Even worse, game. You can not shoot it, and then your evil dad just goes, you suck, son, and shoots it for you. Oh, no. I'm like, I didn't want this. I just wanted to shoot Nazis. Oh, no. And that's when I realised, Tom. Life is unfair. <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, let's not talk about You think shit. you're having a good run on Fall Guys. <laughs> and then just at the very last second of the game where you have to grab tails, you think you've got a safe spot. But then here comes a dude dressed as a pumpkin and grabs your tail and says, no way, life's unfair. <laughs> I enough of that. 
Eddie and China backstage try to decide who's going to take who tonight with a game of rock, paper, scissors. China dominates Eddie and then beats him at rock, paper, scissors. Hey. On Raw, the Radicals lost to the Hardy Boys due to Sutton accidentally hitting Dino. And then Eddie and China tried to help out, but they, they get attacked by both of them instead. So now it's SmackDown and it's revenge time. But anyway, go by Talk Magazine <laughs> and you can see China's ass. Indeed. What was Talk Magazine, I hear you ask? In quotes from Wikipedia, the magazine never became a commercial success and its publication was suspended after the final February 2002 issue. Politico estimated that Brown had bombed through some $50 million in two and a half years on the failed venture. Or roughly half what they spent on WF New York. <laughs> so anyway, this was tonight, um, this was meant to be like a, a like a politics deep discussion magazine. In the debut issue of Talk, they interviewed Hillary Clinton just after the Clinton Lewinsky scandal. Oh, so yeah. it was started well, and then uh, the, a little while later, there was a, an article featuring Gwyneth Paltrow promoting a film, and the Washington Post just ri- just absolutely ran it down, saying Talk seemed more interested in promoting such Miramax stars as Gwyneth Paltrow than in politics. And never quite recovered. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. It is a bit of a dip, really, isn't it? Wow, Hillary Clinton, that's really cool. China's ass. Yeah. <laughs> Look, wrestling's popular a minute. Here's China's ass. That didn't work. I'll oh, forget it then. Shut it down, lads. Shut it down. Yeah, this big switch goes off. <laughs> and it's China versus Dino. He is the light heavyweight champion. And the commentators wonder if she could win it tonight. Uh,. It's never announced if it's a light heavyweight title match. No, it is. The graphic turns up and everything. Oh, Christ. But there's no way she's a light heavyweight. I know, surely. right? It's just that assumption that she's a woman, therefore a light heavyweight. Uh, she, she doesn't look like a light heavyweight. She looks like she's in... She, she, I mean, she competed for the... I, 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 you know, the argument is, oh, she competed for the IC title, but I'm fairly sure that there's a few former IC champions who became light heavyweight champions. Hmm. So there is that. But she doesn't look like she should be in the division. Like in terms no. of like her, her, her size and mass and, and and I'm sure she weighs more than the light heavyweight division needs to weigh. I'm sure her gear with all the spikes on collectively weighs more than Dino. <laughs> anyway, Eddie comes out to support her wearing, oh God almighty. Do you remember this, Tom? On the front of his shirt, it says, The China. <laughs> the hyphen China, like vagina. The China and on the envy. back. On the back, it says, enter at your own risk. <laughs> the China. But then she tried this line last year on that, yes. famous, that famous WWF pay-per-view where Bulldog threw the bin, where she said, oh, so they're suffering, men in this company are suffering from the China envy as opposed to penis envy. So she tried to get this over last year and she's trying again. Yeah, I don't think wrestling's really the, uh, the place to have Freudian designs. No. I mean, the other big stable in the WF is yelling, suck it, suck it, suck it, suck it. <laughs> now gone on for China Envy. I mean, it's... Uh... It's subtle. <laughs> yeah. When, what else could you go with that? I mean, um, it's an Oedipus match. David <laughs> Flair takes on Ric Flair tonight, and the winner gets the wife. Oh, Which nice. one David gets to pick? <laughs> Oedipus. On a, I like that. Oedipus. Thank you. Nice nice historical reference. The China. China dominates Dino. 
And then she out-wrestles him. Oh, that's good. I wrote the same joke twice. Uh, Dino is able to counter a sunset flip. And he unrealistically does basic stuff so China doesn't get lost in their headlights. Uh, China kicks him in the dick. Shades of Carl Gotch. When both wrestlers are down, referee is also down. So Saturn dunks both Eddie. And then, after a thought, decides to dunk China as well. So Dino can get the win and retain a title he probably was going to lose. Eh. So Saturn and Perry, maybe they weren't so bad after all. I don't know, maybe they really needed a solid Radicals tag team to make up for the fact that Rock wasn't there. What were your thoughts, Tom? Um, it wasn't a terrible match. It was just sort of, it was there. Just I forgot that China challenged for the light heavyweight title. It was a means to an end on this particular yeah. evening. I like the fact that Dino suddenly just doesn't know any of the cool moves he knows because he knows China doesn't know how to take any of them. It's kind of like if you're playing, you know, someone who wasn't familiar with the game that you're playing. So suddenly you keep the 120 hit combos to one side and just like, just use jab. <laughs> yeah. Give him a fighting chance. Just just strip it all the way back. Just strip it all the way back. Yeah, I'm going to mm. jab and taunt. Come just on. Wrestle. He was Malenko wrestling very carefully around um, China as if he was walking on... Eggshells by Chris Charlton is one of the <laughs> free audiobooks that you can get on us if you go to cultaholic.com forward slash audible. Uh, Eggshells is the entire history of pro wrestling in the Tokyo Dome by our boy Chris Charlton. Also, The Death of WCW available as an audiobook written by R.D. Reynolds and Brian Alvarez. And how about wrestling for my life? The legend, the reality, and the faith of WWE superstar Shawn Michaels. An incredible story that can be yours to own for absolutely free. Simply sign up to Audible. Uh, by going to cultaholic.com forward slash audible. Even if you decide that audible's not for you, you can cancel within your 30-day no-commitment free trial and you get to keep the audiobook. That's a gift from us to you. Go to cultaholic.com forward slash audible. And Dean Malenko, I felt, didn't really go full tilt. And it's just as well, because like you said, would have been caught in the headlights if he, if he did. Hey, hey, it's Comrade Thompson, and you listen to 83 <laughs> Weeks. Tom Gamble. You're getting tired of how small your penis is. Unfortunately, <laughs> now, I'm at a point where I can only get it up if I'm listening to Chris Charlton talk to me about Kenta Kabashi in the Tokyo Dome. <laughs> so Master Chono took on the artist you known as China. Oh, I'm now a massive people. Chono. <laughs> oh, oh, I just got that. Massive Chono. <laughs> Jesus Christ. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. At the local tavern, Bull and Boss head out, and they're wearing normal gear, which is bizarre to see. Uh, of course, by normal gear, I mean WWF attitude shirts. Mm-hmm. Always a good sign if you're wearing them. It's like wearing red in Star Trek. Anyway, they're dicks to some guys and take their seats. <laughs> they should have just played one of their matches on TV. The Peyton's would have left the bathroom in two seconds. Here's the thing, right? Aren't they policemen? Uh... Isn't the big boss man still a policeman? Couldn't they have just come in their police gear and said, sorry, lads, you've got to go? <laughs> Rather than just being assholes, could you just, you know... Well, just maybe just... that would have worked if boss man had, hadn't been dressed as, like, you know, a late 80s policeman with the light blue <laughs> and, a, and oh. a big stick. Do you know what? Sorry, guys. <laughs> it's time to head out and roll. Imagine, imagine if boss man and Buchanan had <laughs> both got dressed in the classic... The vintage boss man gear as a tag team. You'd have put all the belts on them. You'd Come on, guys. Them Duke boys are playing up again. <laughs> if you ever take a trip down to Cobb <laughs> County, Georgia, better feet the sign. Respect the law in order to some hard time. Hard time. You know Bull Buchanan make you walk the line. You better watch your punk. You'll be serving hard time. <laughs> They've got no heat. And they're a ball and chain, too. <laughs> Buchanan's a dipstick. He's coming after you. <laughs> Buchanan's a dipstick. A bu- Buchanan's a dipstick. A ball and chain, too. <laughs> If you're looking for one stars, he'll be coming after you. <laughs> Buchanan's a dipstick and pull the chain too. An albatross too. <laughs> if, if you step out of line, he'll be teaming up with you. <laughs> and it's hard shit. <laughs> oh, it's tough shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh. <laughs> Earlier today, Edge commented on RC Edge Maximum Power Cola and wonders if Christian Cola will be a thing. <laughs> I think that's communion. Anyway, a small child wants their autograph. They ask for the kid's name and tell him to fill it in later. <laughs> they then hold him up for five bucks. Kevin Kelly walks past, so ENC offer a photo. They take it, and at the last minute, ENC block him out of the shot and then demand $10. <laughs> awesome stuff here. Even funny when you find out that a lot of wrestlers like to hustle fans like this. Especially, oh, I don't know, StarCast, when everyone was avoiding Ron Simmons' eyesight in the signing room. <laughs> Just in Just case saying. they ended up hustling with him. <laughs> yes. And after the break, they head to the ring and say they know the fans really like them and also respect them. 
Sadly, they can't seem to get that respect from the guys in the back, but they know a guy who can help them. And it's Kurt Effing Angle, oh. whose graphic lists American Hero underneath it. <laughs> like it's a title he's won. It's probably worth more than like heavyweight title right now, just saying. Angle is here to tell us there's more to Canada than Maple Syrup and Michael J. Fox. <laughs> and I'll dispose their opponents tonight. Then together, they'll make the world better. An absolute perfect team together of Angle and Edgy Christian. And together they're taking on the Hardys and Y2J. Some good action happens until Benoit close line Jericho on the outside. Oh wait, it kicks out of a pin and then goes after Jericho, sorry, Benoit on the ramp. Matt tries a twist of fate. Kurt counters to a Northern Lights. Jeff uses this opportunity to nail a Swanton. Ref gets Jeff out the ring and Ed smashes the bell, ding, on Matt and Kurt gets the win. Wow, I didn't realize we were even doing these crazy finishes where lots of stuff's happening, even in 2000 with these guys. It really gets you preoccupied in this. They would keep this formula going for a number of years. Uh, and then Kurt then takes out Jericho on the way out of the arena. Uh, post-match, team ECK pour food and drink over one another. Yay! Woo! Any thoughts here, Tom? Um, I like Edge and Christian hustling fans for money as heels. Uh, however, that would be frowned upon in 2020 because is that not classed as them making money on the side using their wrestling <laughs> gimmicks they should only be signing that's as adam right. copeland and jay and jay riso that's right <laughs> or vince is there just like writing it all down he's vince is in the shadows with a with a notebook and a pen okay, yeah it's a shame they fired irs who would be perfect for this oh anyway. yeah i know right the irony the the flipping irony that wwe are about to start third party business deals and therefore they're going to need some more accounting help and they fire irs <laughs> the irony is not lost on me damn it uh oh uh, yeah and i am delighted to see the birth of team Eck. edge christian kurt angle team Eck are here and this is a lovely lovely combination and uh Good tag match as well. We like the tag match, didn't we? Mm. Oh, Jared- we do, we do. We don't go like move for move because it's making a very interesting podcast and, you know, we have other dumb crap to be going through. Like- <laughs> exactly. We've got to talk about cheese and uh, eating Kit Kats in a weird way and we have to spend at least 20 minutes talking about how you eat a shoe. <laughs> people still waiting for the conclusion of that storyline, by the way. <laughs> not, not just ours, but as people pointed out, wait, hang on. Wasn't Sam Driver supposed to eat a shoe at one point? Yes. Yes, he was. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> and there's a hat. He's not eating either of them. <laughs> well, that's it. We'll do competitive eating. I'll eat the shoe and he eats the hat and we'll see who pushes out first. <laughs> who eats it first? <laughs> Look at each other going, I don't mind if I don't win this. <laughs> do you want to yeah. know a fact about this tag match before we go into it? The one we just had, absolutely. Oh, yeah, sorry. Oh, sorry, the one we talked about. Um, Chris Jericho will face everybody but Jeff Hardy in this match at WrestleManias. Uh, so, when I you will take explain. On... Angle, he's, he's the mania just gone. Edge, you know, WWE title match with him at WrestleMania. Of course. Uh, Christian at WrestleMania 20. And Matt mm-hmm. Hardy will be in a Money in the Bank. Oh, I was going to say the Matt Hardy one through his off. He wasn't in a Jeff Hardy. No, they never crossed paths at WrestleMania. Oh, the one time they were going to was when Jeff messed up again. I know, I'm amazed as you are. (laughs) And that's why Jericho took the IC title off him and he wasn't on the Money in the Bank match. So it was close. That's right. Yeah, very close. Oh, well, that is a fun fact. Do you want another fun fact? I'd love one. It's not really that fun. Next up, 
is the last SmackDown appearance of our Lord and Saviour, the British Bulldog. He's currently hardcore champion. He won it from Crash Holly Insurrection a week earlier. Bloody hell. Uh, in loving tribute, it was absolute dog's dinner of a match. At one point, a chair was on the floor in the corner and Bulldog just Irish whips Crash Holly into the corner. And Crash is like, well, hang on, this effing chair is bigger than me, so it's like leap over it, and it's... He looks rough. Dog dog rough, maybe. He'd have four more matches, three of them televised, and be gone by the end of the month. So I might be getting ahead of the finish here, but it's not really important. Our girl Holly shows up and gets a much bigger pop than Bulldog. Dog gets dunked outside and slammed on his back. See, I'm fine. Uh, Holly then throws a bunch of sweaty Mountain Dew over Bully, and then immediately falls over it. <laughs> Thanks, Hardcore Holly. Bulldog then resists taking any movement into some ring steps. I've seen statues with more flexibility like than Bulldog moving Easter here. Island, isn't it? <laughs> the Teutonic plates are like, bloody hell, Bulldog. <laughs> Holly takes a lovely bump into the ring post, possibly to show Bulldog how it's done. Holly throws a toolbox at Davey and follows with a fire extinguisher shot and then the best dropkick in the business. Crash shows up with a bin lid to the heads of both Hardcore and Bulldog and pins Davey for the title and buggers off to a great reaction. Yes, Bulldog lost the Hardcore title to a bin lid. I mean, it's very last... appropriate. That that's how he got the biggest push of his this run after nailing Stephanie with one. Mm-hmm. Very poor. It's like, like poetry, it rhymes. Uh, Hardcore Holly not happy, so he drops Bulldog with a falcon arrow onto a chair which I'm sure you very much appreciated. Match was uglier than watching a bulldog like piss off a nettle. <laughs> and that, as they say, is it. Uh, the story I've heard from listening to many different podcasts was the guys backstage went, bulldog, you really need to go to rehab. And bulldog go, no, 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 no. no, no. no. <laughs> they try to make me go to rehab. No, no, no. <laughs> It's uh, a fact. Ah, kind of bump. <laughs> Alcoholy tried to make me go into the ring steps, and I said, no, no, no. I sound like an ambulance. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that was it. That's that was it. the long-running little joke we had going about how, again, just the morbid fascination of seeing someone like Bulldog, the once mighty Bulldog, as... Uh, Tom can attest with Justin Henry watching him in uh, 94 Raw to get the 95 Raw. It's a bit it's a bit of a contrast in style seeing what he looks like now. And yeah, we like to make fun of things that are otherwise very sad because how we get through wrestling. So a lot of it is very depressing. So we hope you haven't been terribly offended by the comments we've said about Bulldog, most of which have been edited out of the proper releases anyway. Quite a few didn't Thank make Christ. the cut, mate. <laughs> I don't remember him being this bad as a kid. And you watch him going, oh my God. Anyway, what are your closing thoughts on Bulldog, Tom? (laughs) I'm effed. It should be, it's over Brighton Powerful. Leave my Percocet alone. (laughs) Instead of the best... The best, the best. I'm effed. I'm effed. I'm effed. I'm effed. I'm effed. Oh, you. Or you could, or you could even spin it round and have the Vincent Man Two Bulldog version. Is that the best? 
the best, the best that you can do. <laughs> we cheered when he got the title shot, when he was in the mix with The Rock. Like, it was so <laughs> exciting to see, like, this is it. Maybe, like, maybe there's something that come of this. And it was almost like a, like a bad relationship. You just keep thinking, maybe, maybe now, maybe in this position, maybe in this role, maybe this is where he belongs. And he never did. And so we press F for the, the British Bulldog, who obviously is no longer with us now. Uh, he, but he will actually, I'm sure, does he not return in 02? Do we not have to go through all this again uh, in 02? No. This no. is the end, the end, isn't it? It's the last SmackDown appearance. He makes a few prints on Sunday Night Heat. And uh, that's it. And then that is it. Then that is it. So uh, By the end of the month, he's gone. So we'll get to hear him once more on Wrestling Observer. I imagine the recaps say, oh yeah, bye-bye, Bulldog. Yeah, we'll know that talk about him again. But do you know what? Um, so that's, that's, our, that's our bit on the Bulldog. Um, how yeah. funny is it that this moment on SmackDown, soft resets, the only impact that Insurrection had on the WWF timeline. <laughs> like there was the, the tiniest thing that, that, that carried over the concept that, 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 was, that came from Insurrection and it's just been reset. <laughs> Like they briefly mentioned, oh, he won it in the UK. Oh, he hasn't got it anymore. Well, there we go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this means that there's an opening for a brand new European wrestler to come in. Oh, I wonder who it could be. <gasps> oh. <laughs> I know who it is. Anyway. Oh, that he wants is another title shot. He's gone <laughs> at the end of the month. Anyway. Oh. Anyway, enough of that. That was horrible. Uh, the Dudleys versus Big Show in a handicap tables match is up next. We get a replay of Shane telling Show he had to talk to his stock dude on the phone. And then as Big Show left, Shane kept on talking about how he had Big Show wrapped around his little finger. Which way did he go? Which way did he go? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yes, he did the impression on the phone. Uh, it's a handicap match, and you know how these things go. Blah, blah, blah. Some stuff happens. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, he came back. Blah, blah, blah. But Show goes up top, and the Duddies deliver a very impressive-looking 3D through the table. That was probably a lot easier than doing the 3D normally. I thought it looked very pretty. And then Shane attacks show afterwards, but the Dudleys don't appreciate that, so they go back to help. But DX attacked them from behind. Ha, ha, ha. Everybody sucks. Mugman's forever. <laughs> Anything to add, Tom? Uh, not really. I think you pretty much summed up everything here. We're building towards Shane versus The Big Show, which will be quite a spectacle. Like on a on a very basic level, like in terms of how they how they put that together, and that'll happen at Judgment Day. Uh, so I think Big Show, we're done now, aren't we, with Big Show dressing up as different people? Apart from maybe another outing of Show Kishi, maybe I can't remember. I, I seem to remember they were a bigger thing. Some. I seem to remember Show Kishi were a bigger thing than maybe they are. Because at this point, I was doing like fantasy booking and stuff, and I was I had WordPad documents on my. Windows 95 PC, maybe it was Windows 98, and uh, and I would book pay-per-views from wrestlers in this era, and obviously we had um, WrestleMania 2000 or No Mercy, and we played that we no we would have had WrestleMania 2000, No Mercy was later in the year, and uh, I had Big Show on there, a Shokishi, and I had a Rikishi on there, and my mate and tag champions. I seem to be, I seem to remember being quite into the idea of Rikishi and Shokishi. <laughs> Don't know why. I think it's because they appeared at Insurrection, so we assumed that because yeah. it happened there, it was important. It was important in the timeline if it was yeah. at Insurrection. That's why we have the, we have the, uh, the voiceover guy going, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and you were right as you were talking about that there. Uh, yes, it was from the 
Warner Brothers Merry Medleys of Fox and Hounds. Which ah. way did he go, George? Which way did he go? That's what I was not, not the fox and the hound. I was thinking. I did get confused and went, no, Tom Tom knows better than that. That's Disney. That's, that's, that's one that. of the very, very worst Disney films. Oh, it's not that bad. Rotten. <laughs> Miserable. If Bulldog was a Disney film. <laughs> they made a fox and the hound too. Fox and the hound harder. What, is that where, is that where the hound's wearing jeans? <laughs> Just taking a bunch He's of... Like, well, how have you improved your condition? And he goes, I've had a tan. <laughs> She's taking a bunch of Percocet, banging on about a title oh. shot. <laughs> that's the, it, that's the noise he made. Going... <laughs> the APA see the goings on in the CCTV from the local tavern. Wait, what? Great close and circuit. They go to, and they go to go get a drink. Michael Cole, I don't think beer's brewing. I think trouble's brewing. <laughs> Get him, Benoit. <laughs> Send for the man. <laughs> yeah. So wait a minute. They have a CCTV monitor for the local tavern? No, I think... No, no, no. I think you're overthinking <laughs> it. I think they were watching SmackDown. And they were watching SmackDown as Boss oh. and Bull were in the bar. Oh, yeah. That makes so a lot more sense. They were say. watching SmackDown as opposed to the closed-circuit television of the bar up the road. <laughs> They've hacked into it. You could do that this. You could do that today. Yeah. On a show today. The APA are watching SmackDown. Stood up. The APA. The APA. The APA are watching because Bull Buchanan's gone live on Twitch as he's entered the bar. Yeah. <laughs> you seen this Bull? Bull and Boss. They're on tout. <laughs> I just what? paid. I just paid for a cameo from Boss Man. Hey, I'm Boss Man and I suck. Oh no, Bradshaw. Oh no. Oh. Fell for it. Oh, there's 10 more just like this. Oh, (laughs) Oh, hang on. APA, how do you you know Bossman Buchanan are at the tavern up the road? (laughs) Bossman just posted a TikTok of them doing the Doja Cat dance at the bar. (laughs) Hey, Bob Buchanan. What? Ecom Bokum. (laughs) I love that meme. Christ. (laughs) From Badger Kazooie, isn't it? Ecom Bokum. It is. Oh, it's become a little... (laughs) Kind of a meme. There's so many different circles in, in uh, video gaming. There's what are they called? Uh, there's some streamers who play games, but they have the, uh, instead of their face, it's motion captured to look like an anime face. Amazing. Anyway, it's a Japanese uh, person, but she's playing Banjo-Kazooie and she just happens to like, you know, picks up the mumbo token. Ikonbokum. She's like, ha ha ha, Ikonbokum. <laughs> just very excited when she sees one so she could do the, the noise. Oh, well, that's adorable. You gone, Borgo. No, but she did a stream as well uh, recently. I know it's all from following Sir Toasty on Twitter, where he said, uh, English only stream. Uh, okay. And she played Super Mario Brothers, the first one. Just like, come here, turtle. Come here, turtle. Die, die, turtle. Die. <laughs> yeah, it's very adorable. She's amazing. She's amazing. Oh, money. Oh. Anyway, sorry, I, I, I digress. Uh, anyway, ignore all that silly buggery. Here's Eddie Guerrero taking on Perry Sutton for the European title. SmackDown presents Metaform. No longer legal. Milk, also illegal. <laughs> RC Power Edge, Maximum Cola, only legal south of the Mason Dixie line. <laughs> Dino is seconding Perry. It's sad seeing him wearing his radical shirt. I mean, denial isn't just a river in Egypt, mate. <laughs> it's always sad, isn't it, when there's always that one faction member who wears the faction uniform just a little he, bit too long. 
he doesn't realize it's over. It's like my Janetti wearing the rockers gear in '96. <laughs> they made some nice wrestling happens until China twats Perry with her roses, and Eddie gets a cold victory. Until post match reveals the lead pipe in the bed of roses, and we once again return to our old friend. Things that were mo-capped for No Mercy 2000 <laughs> on the N64. And yes, these flowers with the lead pipe in them are a weapon on No Mercy. Now, the thing is, if you are an uncultured wrestling fan, you're playing this game cold. It simply looks as if you get a bunch of flowers out of the crowd and you can hit the guy with them, which is a, an adorable idea. The whole idea that there's a lead pipe in them is lost within the game. But it's a fun little extra they chuck in. Yeah, I was going to say, I think it's nice that they revealed there's a lead pipe in it. I'd have kept them quiet and made Perry look like a... Can you believe Perry's son jumped to some flowers, China? And then, like, backstage, Perry's like, hey, wait a minute, goes through the bag of... This is a lead pipe, not a rose. Oh, some <laughs> awful segment. The fact that they immediately revealed it was like, oh, okay, fair enough. But, but then again, at the same time, the crowd is very dead because they're like, did he just lose to a rose? <laughs> so I think Mary Perry was like, can you please show the lead pipe? Please, for the love of God. Anyway. Uh, Jerry Tolliver. Tolliver here? I don't know. I'm not quite sure how to pronounce that. You're Is talking that of Jerry Tolliver. Don't be silly. It's a completely <laughs> different person. This guy, you know him. He's the WWF racing guy. And he drives, quote, The Rock's funny car. Now, apparently that's a technical term. He's got no wiki. Good riddance. W- Tom, w- what are you about to say? WWF Racing? What's that I hear you say? No. Well, uh, it was funny car racing. A funny car is like a drag racing vehicle. It's characterized by tilt-up fiberglass or carbon fiber bodies and the engine in the front of the driver as opposed to behind the driver. Uh, General Motors, Ford and Chrysler have their own funny cars, so it's, it's, it's hot business. They're represented in the National Hot Rod Association Funny Car Division. It's been around since uh, since drag racing in the 1960s. WWF got in, got on board in the mid to late 90s. Bob Sparkplug Holly, uh, when they talked about him on Raw racing on the weekends, it was true. He was racing WWF-sponsored cars in like the box car races and the stock car races and such like that. So WWF have always been keen to keep their hand into the racing world for whatever reason. And they involved Jerry Tolliver in these practices. He started off his racing career doing drag boats. I didn't even know drag boats were a thing. Drag cars. It's drag racing on water. I didn't know that. Exactly. Formed a partnership with Titan Sports in 1999 to form the WWF Attitude Racing Team. And they got to the finals of the Auto Club uh, tournament in 1999 upsetting multi-time champion John Force so they had they didn't have a bad run and they were I think I believe they were an active funny car racing team until about 2002 and John Tolliver was the guy behind it so quite a, quite a prolific sort of funny cars driver sort of like if you were if WWF were to and I'm not doing Jerry Tolliver um, a, a disservice when I say this if WWF were to start their own English soccer team, it'd be like getting like a, a, a middle championship manager to, to run it, like a championship ma- a manager from the championship division to run it. So not the not the tippity top, but somebody that's potential for an upset. Hmm. There you go. I like the term funny cars. It's just yeah, and it's, it's said without term. a trace of irony either, which is even which is even better. 
And also how nonchalant it is. Oh, yeah, the cars are made from fiberglass. So, you know, best not to crash or anything like that. Don't die. It's amazing, that. Anyway, the APA show up, and they're all John Wayne on Bull and Boss, and we've seen this before when the New Age Outlaws build up to Rumble, where it's like, time to haul ass, here comes the APA, and it's like, yeah, I'm so badass, and it's like, eh. Part of me looks at this and just goes, it's, it's very dull and unexciting compared to the other wackiness going on in the WF right now. However, this one, they ramp it up. Uh, Farouk throws the TV at the bar for no reason, and then a dude gets Irish whipped into a toilet door, and then Bradshaw spears ball through another door. So they go all out here to make it a lot more interesting than the previous one. Fun destruction here from two teams that I have absolutely no interest in seeing getting in the ring. <laughs> he thought it, Tom? No, uh, with you. That's building to a match that nobody really wants. Yeah. Sorry, lads. How it's about that fiberglass, that fiberglass door was also a WF funny car racer. <laughs> I think I'd rather see the funny car racing, to be honest. <laughs> Do you want to see the APA wrestle? No. <laughs> Noah. All right, we'll buy Noah. There's a callback. <laughs> wow, well done, Tom. Thanks, I'll mate. call that one. Do you want to buy a Japanese wrestling company, Triple H? Noah. All right, we'll get on it. <laughs> cool, let me steal this joke and put up the callback. Uh, hey, no. now I'm, I'm honoured that you did. I'd like to point out, I said afterwards, I stole this joke from Tom. You I did. stole this you joke did. from Tom. You didn't need and all these to. people went online and went, Matthew took your joke. You didn't even credit yet. I'm like, you little uh, bastards. <laughs> people, pe- pe- I'll, people, I'll like to sn- people like to snitch. Snitches get stitches. Yeah. You heard him. <laughs> Main event time. Too Cool and Rikishi taking on DX. Road Dog and Sexay start off dancing like all the great matches. Uh... Lolly gets some good lines here. Small towns have been evacuated for less than what Pat Patterson Stinkface did. <laughs> yeah, that's the story of the match. It's less the importance of DX versus Too Cool and more about, hey, did you see Pat Patterson's ass? <laughs> no. What no. about Patterson's ass, hey? Even before the match starts and they're walking down the corridor, all they need is that dum 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 music as they do it because there's the McMahon-Helmsley regime being led by Pat Patterson who's waving his his dirty grundies up in the air yeah. like 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 the same with the same joy that a cat has returning through the cat flat with the dead bird. What beautifully put, Tom. Look at my grundies. My grundies are amazing. Give them a lick. Mm, no. <laughs> I was going to say they don't taste like raisins. Yeah. You're as good as Bundy. Anyway, Scotty goes to the worm, and a nice touch. Sex A takes out an interrupting Triple H so he can finish it off. Nail it on dog. Triple H yanks him off, who were, allowing Sex A to connect with the hip-hop drop. But X-Pac runs in to land the X-Factor on Hottie and eliminates him. Triple H then hits Sex A in the dick, and a pedigree sends him to the showers, leaving Kishi 3-1. to one. And Kishi does a good job trying to take on three dudes, but eventually the Dudleys show up for revenge on DX earlier. So Kishi is able to sit on both X-Pac and Road Dog while the rest of DX is distracted. And the referee pins both of them. <laughs> all he does is just sit on them. All, no bridge, all ass, is what Charles would say. That's a t-shirt waiting to happen. Oh. Triple H realizes he's one-on-one with Kishi and he looks worried. But don't worry. Here's Patterson with Skid Row as a foreign object to rub, rub poo in his eyes. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't sugarcoat don't do this. That. That's exactly what happens. <laughs> Kishi has enough and drags him in. 
and decides to use the pants as Socko. Stinko, Stinko, yells Cole. Stephanie runs in disgusted. Rikishi slaps his ass as the crowd demands violence on women. But Patterson tries attacking Rikishi. He slams into Steph in the corner and she sits down perfectly in the stink face position. Rikishi gets Pat in the corner, first of all, and then realizes Stephanie's in the other corner and crowd goes absolutely banana. <laughs> and it, but however, Rikishi takes way too long. Tribation covers to pedigree Rikishi. Ha ha ha. That's the end. And... That was the match. Uh, I'm very glad, like most people, that their answer to having no rock was Pooh Patterson. That was the solution, wasn't it? No rock, so here's some pants. Yes. So a nice build-up and reaction there for when the teasing Stephanie getting a stink face. But if Stephanie, sorry, if Triple H is going to be feuding with Rikishi in the main event, it would have been a wasted opportunity to have it here in a random SmackDown, in my opinion. I liked the tease for Rikishi and Triple H. Like that felt like it could be a big match. Absolutely. Because Rikishi was very much on the cusp of being a main event guy here. He was. He absolutely was. Which is quite exciting to see. So that was the SmackDown. Test SmackDowns. What did you um, remember from Test SmackDowns this week? Oh, it's an easy one this week, Tom. Go on. Life sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and then you. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great impression of Vincent Mann drowning yeah there's uh, a sweat pouring off his face as he builds up <laughs> see I'd forgotten that bit of the promo but I had sadly remembered the other part of the promo which is Pat Patterson walking around with his dirty underpants it's sad that my childhood brain only recalled Pat Patterson's dirty pants and oh, not no. this phenomenal promo from everybody in the Man Helmsley regime. Um, in terms of something I forgot, um, forgot the China challenge for the light heavyweight championship. Forgot that was a thing. Yeah. Forgot she had a that match That was there. a good thing. Yeah, I guess that fits in with the feud uh, and the belt is a prop now for the light heavyweight division until something happens later on. I'm going to go with this being the Bulldog's last appearance, losing to a bin lid. Not a bin a bin lid but there is as you said earlier so eloquently there is some 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 beauty in that because he was very much hoistened by his own biffer <laughs> hoist by his own grundy <laughs> bulldog yeah. we hardly knew ye yeah and after we re after we read mother heart's book i'm glad we didn't know you <laughs> Your mystery word for this podcast is pepperami. In memory of the bulldog. If you made it this oh, far. Oh, good. Are we going to get people going, hey, hey, Matthew, Matthew, what? Pepperami. Damn right we are, mate. <laughs> I'm going to forget about that in an hour. Skim milk and pepperami. I, are these things I used to eat and drink? What's wrong with you people? What are Matthew's cornerstone of his diet? If you kill Matthew in a game, what items does he drop? <laughs> Oh, good. I got him right in the back of the head. All right, milk, pepper army. <laughs> and all this, you're a Power Slam magazine. If you find Math in Golden Axe, and you chase him around the screen. <laughs> what items does he drop? Oh, here we go. And some grilled lugs for some reason. <laughs> on a plate. On a plate hot, like, like the meat is in Golden Axe. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, food on the floor, I'd better eat it to get health. <laughs> he is at Matthew Greg on Twitter. I am at Tom Campbell on Twitter. Together, we are at Coltaholic on Twitter. Don't forget to join us. Leave the memories alone, British Bulldog. Come back in the next life. I love you, bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 